Good evening, everybody. I've got two very special guests, and the thing I like about it is their combined age uh, doesn't even equal mine, which is a little tragic. And I don't really want to tell you how old they are or how young I am. Uh, but anyways, uh, no, tonight uh, we have some Gen Zs, and I'm excited about that because uh, this is the generation that is going to be critical in the years ahead. Uh, this is a generation that has not grown up with civic instruction, understanding that this nation uh, was uh, conceived wonderfully, that this is a profound nation. Uh, their, their civic involvement and what they were taught in public schools is far less than my generation received. Uh, this generation has been told that America's terrible, uh, it's a revisionist history, and um, they're, they're the ones, actually, if, if the election were held today for people just 30 years of age and younger, a socialist would win by overwhelming numbers. And you think, wow, well, there's not a real great hope for the republic. But sitting with me tonight are two of uh, the young folks from that generation, and they are the antithesis of that generation. Uh, both of them are smart. They were both accepted to universities. Uh, one was already enrolled in a university and, and doing well and getting great grades. The other was accepted to a number of universities and chose not to accept uh, the enrollment. And instead, the two of them have taken what the world would call a gap year uh, to go and dig deeper into an understanding of the greatness of America and move to awaken their generation to the need to understand that a republic is only going to survive if it's a, a participation of the people. And their generation is woefully ill-equipped for that. And so they are spending a year not only equipping themselves, but preparing to equip their generation. So tonight with me uh, on my left, which would be your right, uh, this is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, we, we call, I call her Lizzie. Is that all right? That's all yeah. good. Kravchuk. And Ukrainian. Your family yes. is actually uh, your grandpa, Joseph Bondarenko. Uh, survived Soviet Ukraine Correct. as a minister. Right. And he was arrested by the KGB, KGB's most wanted. He was in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day. Mm -hmm. His book is amazing, by the way. It is. And uh, he, he's going to share at our fellowship. Mm -hmm. and, and then your uncle, your mom, uh, they're, they're, that's brother, sister. Mm -hmm. How many children uh, does Joseph have? Five. Joseph, five children. Yeah. So, um, and are, are they all up in Santa Barbara? They're all in Santa Barbara, all living in close proximity to one another. Very and, close. And how many grandchildren? Oh, um, I think over nine now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the American dream, American citizens left the oppression uh, of, of the Soviet Ukraine, mm -hmm. came to the United States and literally have achieved the American dream. So that's pretty remarkable. And then I want to get to your story in a minute. Okay. And then my right is uh, you, can, you can see that he's stunningly handsome. Uh, he's chiseled out of granite. Uh, he's my son. And you'd think uh, he, 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 he got his mother's looks. No, he got my looks because Michelle retained hers. Anyways, <laughs> I, that's dad humor. And they're used to this. They, they've lived mm -hmm. with it. Uh, but, but Michael... Uh, Interestingly enough, he was accepted to a number of universities. He went to a private high school. I know because I paid mm -hmm. for it. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I know it was expensive. Private mm -hmm. Christian. Um, and, and when the time came, uh, Michael, you were set, you were accepted to University of uh, Alabama. You were accepted to Arizona State University. You were accepted to Liberty University, a, a number of universities. And Charlie Kirk came here and spoke. Mm -hmm. 
and I was super busy and we had to get him to the airport, but I had an appointment that and I said, Michael, will you take him to the airport? Mm -hmm. And I remember this and you're like, yeah, dad. And you were the one who introduced me to Charlie. Yeah. I didn't know him. From, I, I didn't know who Charlie was. And, and you guys, and by the way, this is the disconnect, my generation and theirs. You guys understand social influencers mm -hmm. that, that um, your generation, when you get a certain number of followers on Instagram or on Twitter, uh, you, you become significant in, in your generation to move your generation in a specific direction. Right. Okay. That is correct. So this is something Charlie at 26 years of age, um, and he's, you know, he's not that much older than you guys. You're, you're 20, you're almost 19, um, and he's 26, but he started when he was 18. And just like you guys, he took a gap year that's now been seven gap years. <laughs> so you were telling me about this guy because you know, as, as your dad, I've been, I've run for office, I'm political, and you're coming to me with internet stuff. I'm like, son, I got to watch the television. I'm watching Fox News. Could you be quiet? You know, no, dad, you got to see this stuff. And I had no clue what you're talking about. That's the disconnect. But then when I started to read this stuff you brought to me, Michael, I'm like, wow, this guy's pretty fascinating. How old is he? And you said 26. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up meeting him in Ontario, California, and I took a video going, hey, my son really likes you. I don't know much about you. I took a video. Mm -hmm. Well, our, our paths crossed. Serendipitously, Charlie and I ended up working together. And he comes to the church, and I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a, a time crunch, and I said, Char Charlie, uh, Michael will take you to the airport, you and Erica. And I turned to you and I said, don't speak unless you're spoken to. Don't offer your opinion unless you're asked. Just drive him to the airport. And you're like, mm -hmm. yes, dad. And I said, he's really tired. He's been working nonstop. You're like, I got you. And you came back and you said, dad, he talked nonstop. <laughs> and you were telling me what he was saying. Yeah. And I said, son, that sounds like it was an interview. He's like, really? I go, yeah. And then Charlie called me and he said, hey, uh, you know when I talk about people taking a gap year? I go, yeah. And he goes, I, I kind of interviewed your son on that drive. He said, would you consider him taking a year to work at Turning Point? I said, yeah, of course, but that was up to you. And you, you said, yes, we'll go through that in a minute. Mm -hmm. And then Lizzie, you come, uh, just to come out and see the place. I can't remember. It was, no. Oh, you were coming to, for, for the president rally. Trump for yep. the rally in, mm -hmm. in Phoenix. And you saw turning point headquarters. Yeah. I introduced you to Charlie, got kind of connected. And mm -hmm. then I said, you should work here. Yes. But you planted the seed <laughs> yeah, uh, and you also planted the seed that I'm leaving school. <laughs> yeah, I did with yep. your parents who yep. highly believe in education, but they also understand freedom. Yes. And so now the two of you find yourself working at Turning Point mm -hmm. and that's what I want to talk about tonight. Mm -hmm. And for all the parents out there, um, well, your, your kids are enrolled in a university that, that doesn't carry your values. They, they, they have no desire to instill in your children um, an understanding of this republic and a love for America. That it almost seems as though it's the antithesis of the education you hope for them to achieve. Now, if, if they're going to be engineers or they're going to be doctors, along those lines, of course, I, I think clearly you need to pursue that. But if you're going to get, um, you know, ancient Irish literature degree that isn't going to get you a job or... Uh, you know, women's, I don't know. I, 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 I had a history degree and uh, I, I did graduate from the Harvard of the San Joaquin Valley, Fresno State, mm -hmm. really amazing uh, student. Mm -hmm. Yeah, majored in eligibility basically. <laughs> but I would just encourage uh, parents tonight, I want you to hear them as they talk about their generation, they talk about what they hope for and I'm gonna ask them questions, but listen to them because what do you want for your children, especially those of you whose children are in high school wondering what you have for their future? Just listen to another option that most parents who 
and, and Michelle and I went through this, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, your kid's taking a gap year. Well, that's really sweet. Well, we went, we went through that ridicule when we homeschooled. And we homeschooled when it wasn't popular. And, and the kids would be in the supermarket line on a Monday and the, the checker would say, you know, are you out of school yet? No, no, we're homeschooled. And they would give you, they'd roll your eyes. And, mm-hmm. But now it's becoming more in vogue, especially as we're watching, you know, the, the draconian measures of our government and what's happening in our schools. So let's start with you guys. I've been talking long enough. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to start with you, Michael. Okay. All right. (laughs) The conversation you and I had, I laid it out and I said, don't think you're taking a gap year to have a vacation. Yeah. Uh, You're you're going to be the first to arrive and the last to leave. You're going to have early mornings and late nights. Mm -hmm. And you are going to be pushed in ways you can't imagine. And what they do at Turning Point is hard. Um, And you're going to be doing menial tasks that you think aren't of, of importance, but over time you're going to be in, in the presence of people that you're going to glean from. Okay. And I, I laid it out to you. I think I tried to give you as clear a picture as you could. And you kind of, that was a little concerning. Yes or no. It was a little concerning at first. Yeah. yeah especially cause all my friends were going to college. They're going to four year university. And that, that was the narrative that my private school had pushed. It's a 96% for went to a four year university. And I was just, it was hard to sway away from what everyone was doing. And I just had to ask myself questions. I wasn't taking a gap year to go travel the world and yeah. be lazy. You told, you told me that. You sat me down, had a big conversation. You told me that I'm going to be working for meaning. I'm going to find the meaning in what I do. And so I decided that I was going to take a gap year and go to Turning Point. And... I think that also played into the education that I had been receiving at a private Christian school where the narrative was being placed that wasn't Christian, it wasn't conservative, it was very liberal. It was social justice. Social justice. Um, and I'd, I'd kind of had enough of it, and a gap year was sounding kind of nice, a little break from that. And I just decided that Turning Point would be the best option for me. Yeah. And... And you, you, you push back a little bit because you realize as I laid mm-hmm. it out, that's going to be hard. And you were thinking, yeah. well, okay, maybe university sounds like an opportunity. Yeah. But even in that capacity, the question I ask you is, why are you doing what you're doing? What's the why in what you're doing? Yeah. And you had to really search that because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you do in life. The question is, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. What's the why in what you're doing? And we sat down and went through that. And as you, and, and I wasn't going to send you on a gap year. I wouldn't, I wasn't going to do that unless it was, you, you truly saw the why in what you were doing and, and tell them the truth. I, I, you know, I know you're my son and and I'm, I'm willing to be corrected, but as I recall, it was your decision. Yeah. Um, so the biggest question I'd ask myself is, is what I'm doing going to be honoring to the Lord first and foremost? And my my opinions came from watching Charlie Kirk and he would say, take a gap year, like work for something or an organization that is experienced with what you want to study before you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars at a four-year university and going into debt. And I decided that, yeah, university wasn't the route that I was going to take. You could do it later. I could do it later. And And you could do it concurrently if you wanted to. And even if I, I, I'm working in distribution at Turning Point, I'm moving boxes a lot, and, but I'm, I'm happy to be there. And I, I feel like I've actually grown closer to the Lord in my time in Arizona, and I'm happy where I am. 
I'm learning a lot. I feel like I've, I've watched, Charlie's having me watch a bunch of Dennis Prager videos. I've watched all of his fireside chats, going through Jordan Peterson. And when I'm home alone, I'll just watch, I'm trying to get through every Prager University video. And I feel like if any student or like anybody that has a student that's in high school or college, if you just have them sit down and go through every Prager University video, you'll be far smarter than yeah, you were, what you, you were, learned. You were telling me you're an expert on, on Dennis Prager. I am. I am. I, I almost <laughs> know more than Sue. Give us a fun fact. Um, so he loves Klipsch, the speakers. He's a big speaker guy. He loves cigars, Nicaraguan cigars, you know. Yeah. Not for political reasons. But. I got you. Yeah. Now, uh, going through, and, and, you, and, and Charlie wanted you to uh, catalog them with specific quotes and, and put them in order to be able to have access, especially yeah. when they're doing their radio programs, mm-hmm. their live streams. So it's tedious work, but you turn around, it's almost like Mr. Miyagi yeah. uh, and Karate Kid. You, you start to realize, wait, I've been cat- cataloging these things, but now I own them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fascinating when Charlie asked you to do that. I, that wasn't, yeah. at 26, I, you know, he, he does what he does. I don't even know what he's doing in relation to, to your daily life. You and I don't have a lot of contact. And Charlie's kind of hit and miss because he's all over the country. But when I heard he was doing that, I was mesmerized. Because when I took my first position on staff uh, at Calvary Chapel San Jose, uh, Don McClure, the pastor of the church, had me uh, edit all of his sermons to put him into 25 or 20. 24 minute segments for the radio yeah. broadcast. So I had to listen to them, edit them, cut them, put the bumper music in, bumper music out. And as I would spend hours and hours and hours doing this up in a dingy, you know, attic in the top section of, of the church uh, facilities, late at night, sometimes three o'clock in the morning, I, I turned around one day and I realized I, ha- I have a systematic understanding of the entirety of scripture because I've been through it with a teacher having to diligently listen because I'm having to take out the things that don't pertain in a 24 minute mm-hmm. segment. Are you finding that happening with you? Yeah. I'll even find that I'll be having a conversation with someone in a Dennis Prager video that I've watched or a, a Jordan Peterson podcast that I've listened to will come into the conversation. I'll be like, wait, don't I know that from somewhere? And then I'll realize that it's something that I've, I've logged from watching all the videos. Now, you're working in distribution, uh-huh. and you know, there's a lot of different areas, and we'll, we'll get to yours, because you're working to the assistant of the COO. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Boyer. So you're, no. you're in the bells and whistles and the spin of all that. Right. But you're, you're, you're like Quasimodo. You're, you're down in the dungeon right. sanctuary, <laughs> and you're, you're folding shirts and boxing them and mm-hmm. s- sending orders out to all the different chapters across <laughs> the country. Um, you're, you're working in that capacity, and, and you can look at it and say, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a gnat on the butt of an elephant. Mm-hmm. What, what, how, how, I could be at a university right now. All your friends are away at these four years. Do you go through the struggle with that? Be, be candid. Let everyone hear it. Yeah, I go through the struggle. I'll, I'll ask myself questions like I could be at a university. I could be doing whatever all of my friends are doing right now. But then I also like kind of compare it to what I'm doing, how much I've learned with Turning Point. I've gotten so much more political on like my Instagram and everything because of my job at Turning Point. I could be at home spending $40,000, $50,000 on a college education just to be looking at a Zoom call, or I could be learning something. Yeah. No matter how tedious it is, how hard it is, I'm finding the meaning in the work that I've been given from the Lord. And I, I've, yeah. I, I, I get to see you periodically because I drop into Phoenix mm-hmm. and I see you guys. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and I, th- this, I, of course, I'm speaking as a father. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm your dad. But objectively, uh, as a manager of people, and I've, I've been a divisional you know, manager, I've, I've been an area manager, I've been a pastor of a church, I, I've managed people. Um, yeah. and, I, and I've been a youth pastor for years. I can just tell you, and, and this is confirmed by others around you, and that's the people that you report to. Um, in, in two months, you're a totally different human being. Now, granted, everything that you had that was special is still there, but you are more mature than, than I was at, at 25. And, and I'm thinking to myself, the guy's folding shirts. But it's more than that, because you're interacting with people. Mm-hmm. You're understanding how an organization works, all the office politics that are involved. Yeah. Because if you don't learn how to deal with that and you rise you'll never know how to deal with the entirety mm. of the organization. So some of the greatest CEOs have started at the bottom and worked their way up. Yeah. And this is the coolest thing. And I think this comes with your maturity in the last two, three months is you're paying your own rent. Yeah. You don't have any debt. Mm. You're driving your own car. Yeah. You got money in your pocket. Yep. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. All, 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 your, all your buddies out there, they may have gotten a scholarship um, but they're still incurring debt and somebody's still footing the bill. Now they're getting an education, mm-hmm. granted. Um, but that's not to dismiss what's happening. I, as a father, I couldn't be more pleased. I, I really, and, and if you decide to, to go to a four-year university or go on to get a master's or a doctorate, then do it. But I'll tell you what, you're going to do it because you know where you want to go and you know who you want to be because you know why you're doing what you're doing. And that education will come rapidly for you because you're going to assimilate the information so quickly because it's something you're hungry for. So that's one, that was my observation. Yeah. I want to jump over. Okay. I like, I love talking with you. Yeah. But I mean, look how, Me pretty, time over. Look how pretty she is. <laughs> She's a yeah. pretty girl. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now you were at Point Loma Nazarene. Yes, slightly opposite story. Yeah, you were enrolled. Yes. You were taking classes. You were doing well. You yeah. were a great student in high school. Yeah. yeah, I was two years in. Yeah, and you had a scholarship? Mm-hmm, I did. I had several, actually. And, and you kind of gave that up. Yeah, I did. And I love it. I'm glad that I did. But it wasn't expected. Like I said, opposite story. I thought I wanted to be an attorney. So I was obviously have to go to four university and then go to law school after that. And... I thought that the Lord was calling me to Point Loma, and I'm, there was, obviously, there was a purpose for why I was there, um, but two years in, I'd say probably a year into Point Loma, I started noticing that Point Loma was starting to lean a lot more left than, than they had used to, and my sister went to Point Loma six years before yeah. me, and they were very conservative, like, very, very strict, held to their morals and, you know, their doctrine, everything yeah, there's been like a that. profound change in every university yes, in America. Yes, definitely, and it's sad because they're so conservative and they really upheld to that. But then I started noticing things like 
the things they were talking about in chapel. It was kind of like feel-good sermons. They would, they would literally force you to go to chapel and you'd get fines if you didn't go. It was kind of like they never talked about sin or the gospel or anything like that. It was kind of like so they did, But they did talk about social justice. Social justice, lots of so, social justice. Critical race theory. Yep, basically. And then a lot of like self-love, how to make yourself feel better, et cetera, et cetera. And then it started with that and it started turning into more like let's change the gender pronouns of God and God is now gender neutral and let's start using a Bible version that doesn't talk, doesn't use gender pronouns. And then let's, let's make the head of our theology department, someone that believes in universalism and believes that all religions lead to heaven. And next thing you know, classes are mandatory that teach about who knows what, everything that the left now promotes. And then they tie that in with their faith. And then it's just completely escalated. And you, and you get to pay an enormous amount of money right. and for that indoctrination. Exactly. And there's plenty of kids at Point Loma that pay the full tuition. Luckily, I had scholarships, but I, I do still have a few loans that I can... I, luckily, they're not as bad, but I can pay them off. But Well, it's just because you're making money now. That is true. I am making money now. Uh, but, yeah, it was over, what, 45000 a year there. And all these classes are mandatory that you have to go to and the chapels. And then parents wonder why their kids come back a different person. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, I love how Charlie describes coming home for Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. and you know um, I, I'm vegan now, and yeah. it was that turkey killed uh, a void of cruelty, and right. Uh, yeah. And I think that's at a, again that's at a Christian university. Imagine what happens when you go to a liberal university. Yeah. Secular. Mm-hmm. Secular. Yeah. Okay. So so here you are, at Turning Point. How long have you been there? Uh, about a month now. And and a month into it. Mm-hmm. Um, where have you been? What have you, obviously you were in North Carolina. Yes, I was in North Carolina for a week um, helping out with some training that they were doing. I work as the executive assistant to Tyler Boyer, so he kind of helps the organization really he's, smoothly. He's kind of he's like the Dr. Watson to the Sherlock right. Holmes. Right, he, yeah, he makes Turning Point run. Yeah. Yeah, so he does a lot, but it's very interesting to be in the center of it because as someone that was a supportive Turning Point before actually working at Turning Point, you don't realize how much actually goes into what they do. And mm-hmm. even with all the content, like how much thought goes through, all the approvals and all of that, it's a lot what they do. So I have a lot of appreciation for everyone at Turning Point. Yeah, and, and it's a quick-moving organization. I mean, yes. you can see in distribution, and, and obviously we're with Tyler, right. you're, you're going to see that, but I, I just want to speak in distribution because you really need structure and organization yeah. to get these things where they need to go, and they're turning on a dime, and they're moving resources, and, and oh, we've got to get stuff going over here, we've got a brand mm-hmm. new chapter. It, it seems like it's just a, 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 a quickly moving dynamic. Yeah. It's just, is that what you're facing yeah. there? yeah. And it then you have to adapt yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. It's like zero to a hundred real quick. <laughs> so like you don't you don't really know when something's coming, and you'll come in for a day of work wearing pants, and you'll be like, I wish I wore shorts, you know, because how much manual labor you're doing. And you guys both got there in the summer in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and that's like living on the surface of the that's, sun. Yeah. It's been one fifteen for like what fifty days now. Mm-hmm. One twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so yeah. where were we? Super nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like you're lifting boxes, you're super busy all the time, you're shipping stuff. Uh, I don't really ask questions at this point. At at the start of it, I was looking at the addresses, seeing where I was shipping, asking what's going out. But you picked it up. I picked it up, and it's just, it's a moving train. Now you know the distribution side of it. And whenever there's an opening uh, at Turning Point, they encourage everyone who works there to apply for that. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were, someone came to you and said, why don't you apply for uh, Charlie Kirk's travel assistant? Kind of, I... Uh, it's okay. I, I know this, but they said apply for that. 
and you weren't ready for it. Yeah. First of all, if you're traveling with him, you're going to, you're almost 19. Yeah. You got to be 21 to rent a car. Rent so you can't car. really help him with or that drive car, or drive yeah. the car. Yeah. And, but yet that they would consider at this age, mm-hmm. it seems like the entire organization is driven by youth. Yeah. yeah. You walk in and you feel like, you know, Ponce de Leon, you just walked into the fountain of youth. If you don't know who that is, he's a Spanish explorer. <laughs> right. You can study that history later, mm-hmm. but that's because I'm older and wiser and I've studied that. Mm-hmm. But where, right. what do you think about the youthfulness of it all? Of Turning Point? I think it's awesome because I think it also sets an example for other students looking into Turning Point, possibly taking a gap year. And it it shows that you don't need a four-year university or a diploma from a college to work. They do it really based on merit and your character and if you can fit into Turning Point. And if you can, if you meet those qualifications, you're hired. So so I I get back from Virginia last night. Uh, mm-hmm. I landed LAX. I was at Liberty with Charlie and Huckabee and Metaxas yeah. and those guys. And and I land at LAX. Flight lands at 5. I'm supposed to speak in uh, see me at 6.30, traffic, some fires and stuff. But I get there like three minutes to spare. Yeah. And I'd met a, a young man named Ryan who had come to the church. And he just started a chapter of Turning Point at Cal State University Northridge. And they're already starting this event. And he wanted me to come out and pray at the opening or say a few words. So I head out there and I meet the coolest young people mm-hmm. who've put this chapter together and present there was the regional, I don't know how you guys break it down, divisional field rep. rep. What's mm-hmm. that? Field, field rep. rep. Field rep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, she's of jo- Jordanian descent, real, real beautiful young lady. And she's telling me, you know, she worked in Washington mm-hmm. after, you know, a certain segment. And mm-hmm. her mom's a single mom, raised her uh, as a Jordanian restaurant in Los Angeles. She grew up with the American dream. Her, her mom came here fleeing just tyranny yeah. mm-hmm. and their family survived. And, and here she is of Jordanian descent, single parent family and, you know, just sharp as can be. Yeah. And while she's working for Turning Point, while she's doing all this, she's getting her degree, her law degree, or no, her degree from Harvard, uh, obviously via online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's the quality of people that yeah. you're surrounded with mm-hmm. at Turning Point. This isn't, oh, you can't do anything else? Come right. to Turning Point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, tell, me, tell, me some of the, t- tell me some of the people that you've been surprised to meet and just really been encouraged by. The quality of individuals. Um, honestly, any person that you come into contact with at Turning Point, mm-hmm. like it's hard to pick out one because everyone is so highly motivated mm-hmm. and they get things done. Like I actually really look up to their worth ethic at t- Turning Point. Yeah, it's actually really impressive and it's a good example to follow. Or yeah, should, yeah. And and they're from all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what are some some states that? I think there's a field rep in every single state. Yeah, every yeah. single state. Yeah. But there's people from like New York and Montana yeah. all around. Wyoming. Yeah. I, I, I'm not good with names. And when I walk in there, there's, a, there's probably 20 I could name. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, don't, I want, don't want to take chances here. But I have met a couple of individuals who were secular progressives, totally yeah. left mm-hmm. of center. They were hardcore. Yes. Charlie comes on campus or anyone else from Turning Point comes on campus for yeah. one of the events. They're moved by that. They begin to be challenged. They step out of their safe space and mm-hmm. into, you know, challenging their intellect. Yeah. And, they're, and they start to realize, I, I've been duped. Yeah. And now they're at turning point and they're just hardcore, ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. what you've experienced? Yeah. I feel like that's why they're so highly motivated too. Yeah. Is because they, they've woken up mm-hmm. to the fact that 
they're being indoctrinated on campus. On campus, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and you being Russian and Ukrainian, your family coming yeah. from schools when they're younger <laughs> where the narrative has changed on them and they're forced to believe something. And if you look at history, you'll see that the adults are allowed to still go to church. They're still allowed to pray, mm-hmm. worship, do whatever. But it's the younger kids that mm-hmm. they start yeah, to... Yeah, leave them to us. We'll indoctrinate yeah, right. them. Exactly. Because if you train the younger generation, then they'll grow up. And I feel like yeah. that's kind of what's happening in America. Because you have media, you have your phones, any social media outlet is liberal. Mm-hmm. And then you have schools, too, that are teaching kids a narrative that isn't true. Mm-hmm. That socialism works. That, yeah, just a bunch of terrible things and there's these students that are waking up and that's why they're so highly motivated to work and change what's going on win the culture war yeah exactly and Mm -hmm. then they're willing to give up those four universities or leave school or leave whatever just to go work here and they don't think twice about it because they know what they're doing is worthy Mm -hmm. all right now uh this is an interesting one because uh turning point is a is a secular 501c3 yes Mm -hmm. it's not a christian organization So you've got folks there that aren't Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got folks there, maybe agnostics, maybe atheists, mm-hmm. but they hold the conservative principles. There's folks there that uh, their sexual identity is, you know, I don't yeah. think there's transgender there that I know of, but no. there are folks that, you know, and that's not anything you really discuss. It's not, mm-hmm. right. but everyone is working towards conservative principles. Mm-hmm. Now, th- the body of Christ would look and say, well, that's why we don't support Turning Point because. Yeah. But as I've told Charlie, uh, and and I, I see this, the, the, the church defines itself by what it doesn't do, but here Turning Point is defined by what they do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they have a set of ideals that they, they put forward. Charlie being the, the president or the founder, mm-hmm. uh, would, would you say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, does everyone at Turning Point know that he is uh, an evangelical Christian believer yeah. Um, yeah. traditional marriage mm-hmm. he, yes. he doesn't he doesn't back away from that Mm-mm. no no it's they very know. clear yeah yeah and the interaction he has with all the others that they're fine with it yeah. it's fine yeah because on the day their common goal is what limited limited government, limited government free market yeah freedom of thought freedom of speech yep. protection of life yep these and as critical. long as you can grant those common goals, then you can work a turning point. Yeah, we row in the same direction. Exactly. Uh, politics is done by addition and multiplication. People say, well, b- yeah, but that's a compromise of the gospel. Well, Galatians 3 says that the law, which is what you guys are contending for, the public square, mm-hmm. the law is a, a guardian, a protector, a teacher to keep us safe and point us to Christ until faith comes. Now, mm-hmm. Charlie has that faith and he knows why he's doing what he's doing, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if you're an agnostic or an atheist. At the end of the day, you, you, you want to go down and, and be able to get your latte um, exactly. and, and that your currency mm-hmm. works and uh, that you don't, you know, you, you, we do enjoy the freedom. We just don't know how we got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Charlie's pointing them to the source, right? Yeah. right. Points to Christ. If yeah. Laws of nature, nature's God here. It's kind of like opening the church and people who wouldn't come to church are coming now because their streams of liberty have dried up. And they see that we have ours. So they come to see, you know, they're going upstream and finding the yeah. source that's Christ. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. a picture yeah. you guys see? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a ministry and an opportunity in itself. Mm-hmm. I, I've been noticing, especially on his live streams or his podcasts, he's talking about Jesus a lot, and even yeah. on his mm-hmm. on his Twitter account, he, Jesus is Lord. And yeah. how, how does that roll at Turning Point? I feel like even if you're, you know, secular or if you're not religious, mm-hmm. but you're conservative, you respect someone else's opinions, right. and 
you believe in freedom of speech and freedom mm. of thought. So if Charlie's an evangel- evangelical, outspoken Christian who's not silent about his beliefs, they respect his opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not going to find beef with him or, yeah. you know, yeah, they're accepting. But no. Oh, we were just talking about this earlier, but I was saying how there's a lot of people that um, might be secular but also conservative, but a lot of times the further you get into conservatism and what you believe in, you end up finding Christ in the, in the midst yeah. of all of that. And when you're working with young people, and you've got a secular organization, uh, young people party a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's been some interesting times, but are they held accountable in the sense that, hey, this, you have to represent Turning Point correctly. Yeah. There, there's still a fun to it. Right. But there seems to be a balance. It doesn't, I didn't see anybody, and I've been to the, the, the galas and the events and the things that you do. I, I just haven't seen anybody out of control. Mm-hmm. Am, am I? No. no, you're right. And there's very clear rules that they go through in training and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, you can do what you want in your personal life, but when it comes to work, people don't want to jeopardize the status of turning point. That's a good yeah. word. Yeah. Any observations on your end? No. <laughs> That's uh, the the previous ambassador to Germany, Richard uh, Grinnell. Grinnell. Uh, Grinnell. Mm-hmm. And this this is this epitomizes uh, kind of how God's used Charlie in in this in this category, uh, I was running for the California state assembly and there's an, th- th- there's not a lot of Republicans left in California. There's almost more independents than there are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you've got to build a coalition to win a race. And there was an organization called the log cabin Republicans, which is the uh, homosexual um, uh, portion of the Republican party. Mm-hmm. People were saying, wait, you know, Gay conservatives, what, what is that? How do, how yeah. do you? Mm-hmm. And I was asked to speak at it. Now, here I am. I would be labeled a right-wing evangelical fundamentalist uh, you know, minister. And mm-hmm. I'm speaking, and I believe in traditional marriage. And I'm speaking in front of the log cabin Republicans seeking their endorsement. Mm-hmm. Now, this is who I am. That's who you are. But these are the principles we agree on. Can we find commonality and move forward? And it, it was it was a a dynamic evening and they were challenging me and I was responding and the speaker who was the keynote that night was Richard. Yeah. I didn't know him at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I get challenged by a question and I'll, I'll just leave it alone for, for those viewing tonight. I'll bring it up maybe later, but it's too involved. And at that point I was going to answer it, but these were folks that wanted, much like the church does, it's like a litmus test. You don't belong. We won't help you if you don't. And it came to that point where this would be a litmus test for them that we're not going to endorse you. Mm-hmm. At which point Richard says, I, would, I come from an evangelical family. I would never ask that of a, of a relative of mine. Yeah. We, we find commonality in all these areas. Leave mm-hmm. them alone. It was almost like, don't touch him. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, I, I looked. I said, that, that guy's pretty cool. And I got the endorsement. Mm. I didn't compromise. They didn't compromise. But we found commonality. Right. And, and now, you know, that's what you see Turning Point doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie doesn't compromise on his position of traditional marriage. He doesn't compromise on the beliefs of Scripture and his love for the Lord and the inerrancy of God's word and the deity of Christ and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me. What have you learned politically since you've been there? What, what has strengthened... Because you were out there kind of defending 
conservative principles by yourself. Now right. you join Turning Point. I, I, I saw some of your Instagram stuff. You got beat up pretty good. Yep, definitely got beat <laughs> up. Lost a, a lot bit. of friends. Yeah, that to say the least. And half of my uh, college campus extremely yeah. dislikes me. I'm sure they love the fact that I'm gone. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, I I think that one of the well, one of the reminders of working at Turning Point is often as conservatives, students in Generation Z, you feel like you're fighting the battle by yourself, especially when you take on social media and platforms that our generation uses. It becomes very lonely, especially because other conservative students are afraid to speak up because they know the retaliation you're going to face for talking. And coming to Turning Point and being in a community where everyone has those same common ideas and principles it really strengthens my personal yeah. political beliefs and it encourages me to continue speaking out and it really doesn't bother me. It doesn't phase me what people say anymore or, you know, might DM me or anything like that mm-hmm. because I know that there is plenty of people that are ready to back me up if I need to. Yeah. And yeah, you realize you're really not as alone as you think you are. And, and, the, and the people that are there are some of the right. most incredible minds. Yes in America. And I do feel like I've grown just understanding the conservative position a lot more working mm-hmm. at Turning Point because it's not just, you know, these talking points that you hear on TV. It's like you're you're seeing how it plays out in the Turning Point environment, like the content that they produce and just, I don't know, all the relationships that they have, it it gives me a better understanding of what yeah. I believe in. It it makes you more courageous. Right. Yeah, you're ready to how go. How so? Well, I mean, we're looking at statistics of Gen Z and we're the most liberal generation. Yeah. And it's 77% of our generation disapproves of Donald Trump. And so when you're going to go out there and you're going to debate people and go up against people, you don't have a lot of people that are by mm-hmm. your side and there for you when the world turns against you. Yeah. And so being at Turning Point gives you a sense of courage and boldness. Mm-hmm. They can go out there and face a mob and face people that are willing to you know, defame you. And yeah. 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 Challenge you a bit. Challenge you. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had the privilege when I was there, uh, and, and, and I met officer Brandon Tatum mm-hmm. and I, I, I said, Hey, uh, you want to go out to dinner tonight? My, my son, I usually, we usually go out to dinner when I'm there. You want to go with us tonight? And he said, yes. Remember? Yeah. And um, it was late. It was 10 o'clock, I think, when we got the reservation. Yeah. It was crazy. But he but, still yeah. said yes. He shows up, and it's it's the two of you. It's me, and it's your buddy, Tyler. Yeah. And and we're all sitting down. And I was I was fascinated by the fact that Brandon worked for Turning Point. Yeah. And he turns to both of you, and he says, look, I, I know it's chaotic and hard, but I learned so much while I was there. Mm-hmm. And it's hard work, and you get pushed. And you're looking at a guy who is instrumental in, in the paradigm mm-hmm. shift in America that we're witnessing in this election. Yeah. This one man is a, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's just a, a, a key player in that whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's telling you, stick it out. This is, you know, this is worth it. What, yeah. what, did, what did that mean to you that night sitting with him? It meant a lot. Yeah. Just especially working where I am, being where I am, knowing that he came from the same position mm-hmm. and that he's made such a difference. Yeah just sticking with Turning Point. I think the yeah. unique thing about Turning Point is that they really do intend to find people to, to and 
grow their platforms and yeah. give them a bigger voice. It's never just about Turning Point and their mm-hmm. name necessarily. It's about finding people that are ready to speak out and they're going to build them up and give them everything they need and equip them and then send them out. That, that's, a, that's a great insight mm-hmm. because when I've traveled the country and you meet Candace Owen mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you meet Brandon Tatum, mm-hmm. you meet all these folks that have these vibrant uh, influencing organizations that found their start or mm-hmm. their strengthening at turning point, and they have very loose hands on people. They want you to go yes. out. They yeah. they want you to find wings and mm-hmm. go establish that, and and they celebrate that. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem like it's holding everyone no. in. It you know there doesn't seem to be a cultic mindset to mm-hmm. it. It's really exciting. Well, mm-hmm. Turning Point literally just released that they're doing a new section of their website where it's like a live feed, and they have people of even with a small following, yeah. like 3,000 or whatever, and you can post your content on there. And the whole intent is that people from the conservative movement can come onto that website and look at your profile and look at the information you're posting. And the whole goal is just to make those voices louder in the conservative yeah. movement. Like, to everyone they involved. really want you to grow. That's cool. All right, we're, we're, we're kind of limited on time, but I, I, wanted to, I wanted to point out, especially to the older folks that are watching, you think, well, you know, you got a, you got an almost 19 year old, you got a 20 year old, uh, you know, on a live stream. At, let me just say this to you: do this test. If you're if you're over 50, here's your test. Walk up to a young person, Gen Z, and say, "Look, I'm going to give you a free smartphone, uh, but the only the the only catch is you only get to download one app, only one. You can have the free smartphone, but you only get one app. And ask them, ask that Gen Z what that app will be." And, and I, they're going to say Snapchat, social Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, Instagram, something on social media. Yeah. Not one of them is going to say, oh, I'm going to download Fox News mm-hmm. or CNN. And by the way, when's the last time you watch Fox News? Uh. RNC. That's RNC. When I last At the time. RNC. So yeah. that, that was a while ago. Like a, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. There's people that are watching right now that they, they, they never leave Fox News. Right. They, mm-hmm. they only leave to come and watch our live stream. They go... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go Tucker, Hannity, Rob. Right. Obviously, <laughs> prime time. Yeah, but the but 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 my point is, your generation. If if Tucker isn't on a clip on Instagram, you're mm-hmm. you don't know that he's spoken that yep. night. Yeah. Uh, what is it like? Broadcast television is not the primary source. No, nobody anymore. watches broadcast it's television. Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. That's where you get everything. That's your yep. world. Yep. Instagram. Yeah. And so, what's fascinating about Turning Point? Is that's their world. Yeah. Everything you do is a dynamic on how to elevate and improve Mm -hmm. that platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else you want to share? Because I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go until you say something. All right. So, yeah. Everything that I know comes from IGTV, Instagram Reels, like any Instagram, Twitter, you know, TikTok, whatever it is, is that's where most of my news comes from. And so with like liberals and leftists, they've taken over the media. Mm -hmm. So if I wasn't raised conservative and didn't go out of my way to try to find turning point or went out of my way to try to find a video of a conservative um, speaking, then I I probably would have been indoctrinated just like Mm -hmm. most of my generation. But I was raised with values, and I actually came across Turning Point because they're so involved in the world of media. Mm-hmm. And that's where I came across Charlie Kirk, and then that exposed me to Candace Owens, and that exposed me to Prager University, 
and that really solidified my beliefs. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt. Excuse me, but I, being your dad, I have this this insight. You said you were raised with conservative principles. Yeah. But there was a time, you're going to school mm-hmm. at Oaks Christian. Yeah. And. <laughs> You're you're not seeing the way the world the way I'm seeing the world. Yeah. I mean, there's, and I'm like, son, where did you come up with that? Where are you learning that? And you'd you'd be taking maybe just to be an antagonistic because that's what you do when you're young because that's what I did to my dad. Yeah. But there was a time where I'm thinking you're actually maybe buying some of that. You're, you're drinking a little of that Kool Aid. Fair enough, or am I off? Well, I feel like a lot of what I would do is I would hear a question that I didn't know the answer to, and I'd come to you, kind of believing that question that I wouldn't be able to answer. Mm-hmm. And it would be, if it weren't for you being able to know the answer to that, I, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you were at a university and, and I'm sending you off to some place. I and, don't see you and I can't yeah. ask you those yeah. questions. And I go to Google or somewhere that censors. Rabbi Google. Rabbi yeah. Google. Yeah. That censors that kind of content. I don't yeah. know where I could find the truth. Yeah. I think that's the importance of parents continuing to speak about their conservative mm-hmm. ideals because I think I'll, I know like from knowing some people like their kids become so liberal that they kind of want to back down just let them figure it out but mm-hmm. I feel like the more you kind of push your kid and question them and ask them like why they believe that they're more likely to go start researching and looking into it and then that's when you come along yeah. those like that good quality content that has the right information and I know a lot of people actually that over this quarantine period that started researching on their own um once since they were away from school yeah. and campus and all of that and they have become you know, have moved from far left to more libertarian or from yeah. libertarian to mm-hmm. more conservative. So it really starts with, and most of those people did have parents that were conservative, but yeah. they just had different beliefs. But it comes from, you know, kind of questioning and pushing a little bit and ask them to go, you know, yeah. research it. And I feel like I've met a lot of people at Turning Point mm-hmm. that used to be liberal, used to be socialists. And I asked them, what, what changed? What changed your mind? And most of them would say it's my dad's, my mom's, my parents, yeah. my family constantly asking me questions that I can't answer. Mm-hmm. And I would have to go out there on my own. And I realized, wow, there's so much that the world isn't telling you. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, what's the best way that a 56 year old boomer can, can, <laughs> can pray for Gen Z? And I'm the last year of the boomers, by the way, so. Pray that we stay bold and courageous. Bold and And uncompromising. And uncompromising. uncompromising. I'm going to do that right now. Lord, uh, thank you for Michael and Lizzie, and thank you for their insights, especially for the boomer generation and above, and even a few few years below, that we just, we don't grasp what they're facing. And this is a generation that doesn't, doesn't have a lot of hope in the sense of the way the world portrays it. Uh, their role models are Greta Thunberg and, and declaring the, the cataclysmic end of the world and how we're all going to drown and, and, and die from global warming. And yet this is the seventh time that's been stated. And it's never occurred. And, and their generation has fed this every single school year. And now their eyes are opened. They're stepping forward. They're swimming upstream contrary to their generation. And they're asking for boldness. They're asking for courage. And so, Lord, please, would you grant them that? 
And would you, would you swell their numbers? Would you cause others to awaken to these truths and that they would be strengthened and that they would be an instrument for your glory in the, in the years to come? And so, Lord, please, we pray your blessing upon them and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, well, uh, you're going to be up. I'm going to have you read the blessing tonight, and we're going to say goodnight to everybody. We do it out of number six. I'll put it up on the screen. Just read it right there for them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you, upon you and give you peace. He did great. Thank Very you. well done. Well done. Michael, Elizabeth, thank you so much. Thank yes. you so much. Folks, if you have any questions for them, uh, just send them to us at info at godspeak.com. And we'll, we'll get them to them. Um, and also, if you want to follow them on Instagram or Twitter. Yes. Which, Instagram. Instagram. Okay, tell, Instagram. Them what your, get, tell them what your handle is. Okay, my handle is <laughs> at E-L-I-Z-A underscore K-R-A-V. E-L-I-Z-A at? Underscore. Oh, underscore. K-R-A-V. K-R-A-V. Say it again slowly. At E-L-I-Z-A underscore K. R A V. Perfect, because we're slow. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to care about the elderly. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Mikey Dot McCoy. <laughs> boom. Mikey Dot McCoy. Boom. So much easier. So much easier. Sorry, people get the craft mixed up and then you it's kind fine. of don't pronounce it. It's all right. <laughs> and my Instagram, I don't know. But God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>